Welcome to the OCD, bitch. The show where we take an in-depth, episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the OC. I'm your host for the evening, Mike Gravagna, and with me, as always, is my boon companion, the skeet to my booster gold, the robin to my batman, Ryan. That feels like that. I am the sidekick. What? Yeah. No, we're co-equal partners. You're Andy, I'm Conan. Okay, but do you see that Like, you're always picking... If if you say that uh, I'm Andy and you're Amos, that uh-huh. makes sense to me. Yeah, you're Scarface. I'm the ventriloquist. See, wait, that sucks. <laughs> but that's the most accurate of what was just said. Yeah, but Scarface, he's the baller of the group. Yeah, and ventriloquist, ugh, what a nerd. Sorry, me. You are the kind of person who has spent a life dabbling in things like. I'm going to be a ventriloquist. Oh. You know, I bet you have like a full magic year, like not just the gathering, but also I bet you tried to learn close hand magic. Oh, for sure. Because I fully embraced, I did not have friends as a kid. Uh-huh. And then my parents got sick of me reading dragon books and went magical, help them make friends. Sure. And for birthdays and Christmases for years would give me new magic kits with the same goddamn tricks in them. You also own an accordion. So everybody knows like the kind of nerd that you were. Um, did ventriloquist ever ventriloquism? Marionette, the cool boys ventriloquist. Marionette, devil sticks. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh huh. What contact, about that ball? Contact juggling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in high school, got heavily into that. I just practiced with a bouncy ball. It's just, it, I think that all of those things are awesome because they take so much work to get good, mm-hmm. and then you finally get good, and you and do people, it in public, and nobody gives a people fuck. Hate you. Like you, like they hate you more than if you had just stood there and done nothing. Yes, they would have appreciated that. Just flip a sandboard, sandwich board sign. How, how many times have you been walking or driving home and muttered to yourself, "Yeah, what are your interests? Your interests aren't that cool. What are you guys just standing around and talk about girls all the time? Who gives a fuck?" After somebody screamed at you for dedicating a year of your life to close up magic or uh, what? A, dragon sticks? Devil sticks? Devil sticks? Sorry. How many times? How many times? Every single time, hundreds of times. And then what sucks is I would try and not be good until I was like 22. I thought I had to be good at something instantly. And when I wasn't good at the thing, I wouldn't be like, well, you don't have any friends anyway. Really dig your heels in. And then when you're 25 and trying to do stand up, you'll at least have this to do on stage too. I would go, fuck that. I'm going to go read my dragon books again. <laughs> Much to your parents' chagrin. I can't believe how desperate they- your parents were. If only we had a son who did. Dragon, what are they called? Devil sticks. Devil sticks. They, did, they just didn't want a lazy nerd. Look, we can't get him into sports. Right. But at least let's not have him be a lazy nerd. And right now, you are, I could tell because you're shirtless, um, you are ripped, you're svelte, uh-huh. you look great. But back then, you were a chubble-up, Oh. and they were concerned about you becoming a double-up chubble-up. Well, I went from being humorously skinny <laughs> to humorously chubble-up. I, at no point as a child, looked, that's how a kid should be. I think... Actually, what parents want, it's not like, uh, my kid better be the quarterback, or my kid better be straight, or all of these things that terrible parents think. Mm-hmm. It's, my kid better be the leading man. And all of your <laughs> body types would just never allow you to do that. No, it's definitely uh, kid victim number one, <laughs> maybe plucky sidekick, definitely creep. Do you, like, that was my favorite. It was uh, my buddy. And, and then me? kid sister, uh-huh. and then kid victim <laughs> kid was victim. my favorite toy. It was kind of, yeah, you mix the, the my buddy and me and the wrestling buddy, so it's just a child you beat the shit out of, and real blood comes out of his mouth. Sure. That might have been a real kid. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Remember that time you pushed a doll down the stairs? Uh-huh. That was, yeah, that was actually your little brother. That's why you don't have a little brother anymore. 
Well, they, he couldn't do devil sticks, so fuck <laughs> that dog. He deserved to die. Fuck that dog. This right is why they call house. them devil sticks. Yeah. They warp your brain you and they make you the devil. Go, Nobody can do them but me. Which isn't true. Anybody who tries for five minutes can do them. That's what you think, Ryan. Did you ever have a yo-yo phase? No. Boomerang? Nope. Are you good at boomerangs now on the Instagram? You know how good... I don't know what that is, but you know how good I am at boomerangs. This is how I retrieve all of my things. <laughs> I need my pants. Boomerang. The only thing I remember trying for 10 seconds along any of these lines, because mm-hmm. I was... Man, you talk about yourself being lazy. Holy shit, dude. Uh, I often would have parents or grandparents check for a pulse. Uh, was pogo things. Uh-huh. Pogo oh. stick, pogo ball. Those were things that uh, I would try for a solid five seconds to be like, nope, fuck this shit. This is a lot of work. Yeah. I'm out. Just to barely jump up and down. Nike moon shoes? Nike, no. Not Nike. Nickelodeon? <laughs> Nike-lodeon? Nike-lodeon new and shoes? Um, the other thing that I remember is my grandpa, after retirement, got super into woodworking. And like most old, old men do, uh, went full bore. Like uh, His whole garage was decked out within mm-hmm. a matter of weeks. And then also cooked a full bore in the garage. Apple the in the mouth. Shaving. Everything, yeah. Um, and he made us, there was five of us, he had five grandkids, stilts out of wood. And that was something, we were like, oh, yeah. We're totally going to get good at this. Uh-huh. We're going to walk around on these for the rest of our goddamn lives. <laughs> 30 seconds. And we just set aside weeks of work because they were a little bit hard. Not even putting them over your fireplace mantle like one day. <laughs> no. got to go back to it. I've seen I all left that left behind. All of my favorite bank robbers use stilts as their tool. Yeah. And nobody ever expects the stiltman. We, we robbed zero banks. I'm trying to remember. Was there one bank? No, there, not, it was zero uh, banks. Yeah. Uh, Stilt Man from the Marvel Universe. Uh, how many hours a day as a loser kid do you think he practiced <laughs> before he could successfully rob banks and fight superheroes? How many bank jobs did uh, his sidekick Devil Sticks go on before he just got shot in the face <laughs> One by Stilt Man? <laughs> by st- <laughs> he just does. Does he lift up and a stilt flies off and just javelins through him? I think so. That's yeah. Dope as shit. Yeah. Why don't people get more into Stilt Man? I mean, Doctor. Look to have Doctor Octopus's powers uh-huh. of tentacles that do your bidding, but also sort of their own bidding. That's hard. Anyone can get stilts and start robbing banks, guys. Yeah. Let's do this. And they're like, no, but they're metal looking. That's styrofoam. Also, when we were growing up, we didn't have the friends to all jam into a trench coat so we can go see rated R movies like Porky's and Porky's Two. Why not get some stilts and then buy a trench coat? I would just buy one for like Land Before Time and then sprint into the Matrix. <laughs> Wait, the movie or the, the actual thing? <laughs> the actual thing. You pick up that payphone, they can't get you. I'm seeing whatever movie I want in green code. Oh, man. When you get to the Nebuchadnezzar, and they're all like, this is the one, right? This is going to be the savior. And you're just on stilts. Do you know how disappointed they <laughs> Hi, look? guys. Who do we have to rob today? Oh, man. Joey Pants is going to be furious. <laughs> oh, make me forget this. Make me forget this right now. Tonight, Ryan, is a very special episode of the OCD. More stilt talk? More stilt talk, because Seth got a pair of stilts. Papa's got a brand new stilt. And we are not talking about Seth Ryan's summer immerse at all, in fact. We, this is a long-awaited, much-talked-about in the faniverse of the OCD. This is the OC Mix Volume 1 rebuttal episode. The Mike Mix? The Mike Mix. The Mikey Mike Mega Mix. The Mikey Mike Mega Mix. Uh, I took a lot of issue. We both took a lot of issue. With the fucking dreck that they gave us. Well, to be fair, 
you put a lot of thought into what the mix was uh-huh. and then responded in kind because you're a professional podcaster. I just sort of sit around and bitch. Like, there mm-hmm. is no amount of good that album could have been that would have, like, appeased me at all. Right. True. Because you're a schlub. Now, are you... Are these your picks from that era, or you're using all their songs? This is all these songs have been on the OC, season one. Not necessarily the mega, uh, not on the mega mix, not on their mix, not on their mix. So used in the show in season one. Okay, so what you're doing, you're doing my favorite thing that podcasters do. Hey, professional people who get paid and people ask you to do this, Mm -hmm. fuck you. We're gonna do it better. But with their, I'm painting with their same colors. I'm not bringing. Hey, this band came out at the same time, so let's talk about them. These are songs they could have used, chose not to. I handcuffed myself a little. They had 12 songs. I have 12 songs. I, there was a lot more I wanted. There's some good music on this OC show. And also, did you use any of the songs that we recorded post-season one? Like our big hit, Yo See, You're My OC. Yes. You did use those. That's okay. a secret track. Okay, good. Uh, and a couple, if there were giant moments and they were on the original mix, I felt like I had to use them. So there are maybe a repeat or two. Well, I'm sure that will go down very smoothly with me, and I will have nothing negative to you say. You won't even remember what? that you heard those songs. I'm before. sure I will, yeah. No, that's no problem. We're going to take a little break, make a little love, listen to some tune skis. Ryan? Yes, Mike? We're going to start off with an oldie and a goodie that I cannot believe they did not kick off their entire mix with. Elvis Paresley? It's Elvis Paresley. Oh, he invented oh, oh. rock and roll after he, did, he stole yes. it. And then these guys stole it from him and made it even better. Try to place it. it. You want it louder? Yeah. Will that help? Sing along with it. Something, 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 yeah. California something, yeah. Uh, okay, a couple questions. One, I'm trying to place it. It sounds like a cover of my favorite ska song of all time. Mm-hmm. That is true? Yes. And two... It's a sleepy indie version of the Holophonics California. If I can remember correctly, it was the last track. It was the last track. On mix one. Yes. You moved it to the front. Yes. Who is being too on the nose? I think maybe they wanted people to be on the edge of their seats. Sifting through their boring mix, being like, where's the fucking California? I want to, we're kicking it right off. I think this is, the OC is not a subtle show. Let's be on the nose for once. Let, finally, let's be on the nose for yes. once. Um, do you remember if this song was tearing up the airwaves? Like, was this on radio? No, I think this was smaller than they treat Rooney. This was a mellow hit. This was on K-Rock every once in a while, but it wasn't all over the place. But the kids would not talk about this band like they did Rooney in that one episode? No, because I couldn't name another Phantom Planet song. If this song was on typically terrestrial radio, Mm -hmm. would extraterrestrial radio just be covered by E.T.? Like E.T. sings the hits? Yes. I haven't heard any of those songs. A little something like this. (laughs) Rallin' up the number one. I like that. Elliot. He just has to throw that in. Is that his calling? He doesn't call his name because E.T. doesn't call himself E.T. Well, E.T., much like me, has to set himself on his impressions by saying, Elliot. No matter who you're being, you say Elliot and then try to do, if it's Elvis, if it's Moses, you say Elliot in E.T.'s voice. Basically, yeah. Uh, if that is the first song, who do you think the second song is? Is this a fun guessing game? Um. 
No, yeah, no, it's terrible. Like, there are literally billions of songs that have been written in the history of mankind. So it's a, it's a rough one for me, but I am going to say, knowing you and that you were in charge, I'm going to guess it's Phantom Planets, California. 12 times, 12 times. Is this Rune? Is this the Rune? The brothers back to back. Here it comes. More that Give intro. Give it a minute. I forgot what it feels like to feel normal, to be normal. Okay, so, and you're speaking of the Schwartzman brothers. Yes. The Schwartzmen, if the you Schwartzmen. will. Schwartzmen. Um, and these are, based on what you said earlier, probably the two biggest hits. By the bros? On the album, on your album? Yeah. I think so. It is crazy. And maybe in music history. It's a travesty that I'm Shishu Shaken was not on their mix at all. Right. The way they all screamed to this song, not a one Rooney track. We heard three Rooney tracks through that song, but they sang about this one the most. What's crazy is that I was about to argue with you that this song was actually on season two, even though I remember them going to this concert. Yes. And we've only covered season one. It just feels like we've been covering season one for two or three years. It's so long. 27 episodes? Give me 10 and make them shorter. The other, this was not on the Mega Mix or no. Mix One. That's, that is crazy to me. And that only can mean one thing, right? Hmm. Like money. Like it money. was just a hit. Well, we I, talked about this on our episode. Of, um, were they trying to make the cheapest album possible? Uh-huh. Or were they trying to make like an uh, introduction to music? Sure, but I also think they, they ignored so much of the music their characters are into. And that's dumb. Do you know what is crazy about Hollywood? Uh, or as I call it, Weirdywood? Um, th- <laughs> that I know that there's like contracts and lawyers and all of these things. And um, there's, you know, all of these rules. But what I would do is, hey, Rooney, you're on the set. You're, on, you're in the OC. And then like when they're playing, just be like, Rooney, can we use your song for free? And they're loud, and they're like, "Of course!" And then that's it. Just like that's it. Ask them, like, "Hey, bud, here's a here's a here's a beer. Uh, we're gonna use your song all the time." And they're like, "Of course!" They gave me one beer. How come it's all about contracts, In not perpetuity. about just like broing out? I don't. You're a bad bro. <laughs> I think you're trying to steal with, from people. Rooney, let's throw some sleeping bags in the back of my truck, and let's just go camping and talk about how I'm gonna use your song forever. I thought you were gonna say. Rooney's on set. Why not just give him a few lines? Make him part of the high school now. Oh, I'm sure if Rooney was on set, there was more than a few lines. If you there know was what a, I'm Oh, these yeah. guys can party. Oh, Listen yeah. to it. Why do you think they're shusha shaking so much? Too much cocaine. Too much cocaine. Uh, the show Greek, the ABC Family hit series. Now, Mike, this is a show that you claim actually exists and not one that you just made up and you're the only viewer of. Yes. Me and one roommate of my past have watched this show. Uh, Greek had a much lesser band than Rooney plain white tees on enough times that they were just part of one of the frats that's what and I'm so anytime there's a party they'd be like let's get the three guys who never talked to play that song but I think that works like I think that like no we're all part of a team here uh-huh. and the team all throws in and that includes letting us use your song for right. free and isn't it great like I think that it would totally work for a band now because bands just don't make money right but back then it was like well I, I do feel like part of the team but I also need my $90,000. I sold my sneeze to Disney, and every time they use that sneeze, I get a lot of my song. I'm not giving you a whole song, Buster. Did they base that one dwarf after you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good... Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you've got a good sneeze... It's a killer sneeze. Yeah, get sneezy on board. 
I'm going to jump us into the next one. And so we remember, these are two big songs, right? Yes. I want to slow it down a little, Ryan. Sure. Because I also don't want to just have it be a boring dirge for 12 songs. I'm going to try to mix it up. So we came in fast-ish. We came in fun. Now it's time to like get a little mellow. With more Rooney. Dave, can you get your shit together? One of the earliest huge dramatic moments in the OC. I don't know you, but I want to. Bay wrote that song and then later gave it to Once. These are long intros, right? Long intros. Yeah. I used to confuse this band with the Sneaker Pimps, even though they sound nothing like them, and their name is not similar. Do you know this song or remember when this happened? Now, right now, I'm thinking that this is a terrible order in music of songs. And I also can't remember when this was used. Which of those two disappoints you more? Both. More? Don't say both. More that you can't remember. This is in Mexico. Is this Ryan picking Marissa up? This is Ryan picking Marissa up. This is Mazzy Stars Into Dust. And it's one of those songs that they played a couple times throughout that. I think they did pay money for it. So yeah. they're getting all it's worth. But it's calm. Maybe you're arguing it's calm too early. Well, it, it like the whole mixtape ordering always confused me because sure. you don't want you want like ups and downs. You don't just want to uh, take off and then build and build and build and build and, and build then, and build. <laughs> like our favorite cheerleaders cheer. But then the that argument also makes me think like you gotta have boring songs and you gotta put them somewhere. Right. And I think track three, it's it's a good time to slow down, bore people out. I also love that song. You do. It's a good kind of mellow for sure. And I stand behind most of the songs on this album. Let's go back to the Sneaker Pimps real quick. I know both... Sneaker Pimps is uh, Six Underground. Break me down. Six Underground. Okay, so yes, I got it. Yeah, but Mazzy Star is the, like uh, that band that like I've heard the name. Right. Do they have a big hit? Is I it Six it Underground be. by the Sneaker <laughs> yeah, Pimps? They cover the Sneaker Pimps. Just kind of like Phantom Planet got big covering the holophonics. I am very surprised, though, that the single most iconic shot in OC history... Like doesn't have a song that I immediately connect mm-hmm. to it, you know. But so many of the the first album they used iconic shot music, and the song is super boring. I would at least enjoy this song versus those other songs on their own are boring as shit. That's a good point. Uh, do you think that the most iconic shot music is shot, 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 shot? Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody, yeah, yeah. Everybody, comma shots. I bring just it love, on back now. I love a song that tells you the dance moves to make, and those dance moves are drink shots. Everybody knows that dance. Or do shots. Is it a boo song or a heroin song? I mean, I think dealer's choice. Oh, okay, good. Wait, not dealer. Drug dealer's Buyers? choice. Yeah, the drug dealer will let you know if it's here's a shot of alcohol, Don't. here's a shot of heroin. When you go buy drugs, keep an open mind. Yeah. Let the dealer choose. Yo, what do you want? Whatever you want to give me, buster. All right, we're going to jump on right through. And this is, I maybe a thumb is on a scale of time or two in this album, Ryan. Maybe Mike did relate to Seth and was furious that the Mike Seth music never came near volume mix number one. This was one of my favorite albums in high school. You don't like this band. So, I'm not going through like who I don't like. I'm going through who you think I don't like. Uh-huh. Based on what I'm hearing and 
who you think I don't like, and you're Seth, the amount of times you use Seth in your intro. This is Death Cab. We hear Death Cab twice in this season. The first is, uh, I forget the song, it's when they're driving down to Tijuana. In a Death Cab. In a Death Cab. That's a little on the nose. And then later, like way background, uh, in an episode we haven't been into yet, this is there. And But this is... One of the best songs on that album. This song's so good. And this is the cry, slip my wrist music that Summer accuses Seth of listening to all the time. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think it's quiet, but I don't think it's sad. Yeah, I mean, it, it, are you saying that the lyrics aren't sad? Mm. Because the, the music gives you an initial thing where you don't even listen to the lyrics. You just assume sad. Yeah, it's melancholic. But I guess also having a 16-year-old devise the difference between sad and melancholy is a little much to ask. Is melancholic what a baby cantaloupe has? Mm-hmm. Exactly. With that, we do have to take a break while these guys play it out, and we'll be back to dig into more sweet-ass tunes. We're going to dive right back in, and this is a continuing the slower chunk of the first half of the album. So we're doing back-to-back slowies? Start strong. Mellow it out a little bit. Because moods, how do you build a mood? And I think fast, you can get out of the slow mood quicker. But I think you need you need to uh, reflect. And you need more than one song. Because the first song, you're like, this is boring and slow. The second song, you go, okay. And the third song, you're like, I get it. I think what this tells us, like how you make your mixtape is how you have sex. And I think that you come in strong, uh-huh. right? You Thank come you. in with classic like cheesy lines. And then you get to foreplay. Yeah. And then all of my mixtapes are... It's one half of a Slipknot song, and then I'm out. <laughs> and then I'm out. Also, what you fuck to. Yes. That same Slipknot sure. song. Which is yours? Which is your favorite Slipknot? My Slipknot song? Yeah. My favorite Slipknot song is, How Do You Like My Mask? In parentheses, I Hope You Like My Mask. And it's their one acoustic song. <laughs> that <laughs> was, of course, on Slipknot Unplugged. Nine-person harmonies. It's honestly chilling. I get it. What the I fuck were it. barbershop quartets doing having four people? Four? There's so many more notes you can hit, guys. Idiots. At least five more. Slipknot oh. showed them what's up. We need, a, we need a group of people to sing a cappella. Let's go to the stupidest non-singers in the world, barbers, and see if they can do it. Is it because you're cutting hair? It doesn't really matter what anybody looks like, especially in the 1800s or whenever barbershops were formed. Right. Uh, and so they're just singing all the time anyway. I think so, yeah. Come on, my lady. Come on, my baby. Come on, my ragtime girl. See, that, that sounds very sexual. <laughs> Isn't it? You have a, you have a big night plan. <laughs> Because it come, right? know this one this one i do remember i want to say that uh the first time we hear this mm-hmm. is and i don't know if we've heard it again in the first season but i Not do yet. think this song pops up a lot um is chino mm-hmm. going back to jail thanksgiving episode thanksgiving episode 
Um, this is an iconic OC song in a lot of ways. One, it pops up a lot. Mm-hmm. And two, I think that a lot of times that people think, and I don't want to insult your Mazzy Stars and your Death Cabs, um, that ballads are slower, but then also don't have to be memorable. And I think this song is, it's not necessarily catchy, mm-hmm. but it's memorable. Well, yeah, that, that the re- song has an impact. That hook of the guitar, he's playing it and drumming it, and then he repeats each line twice. Like it makes it needle into your head. And I do think so. This was on the mix. This was one of the few good choices they made. <laughs> but it's impactful in the show. I think it's an emotional song on its own. I think it got buried being surrounded by other same tempo songs on their album. Right. And I wanted it to breathe. And because this was the Chino episode. I mean, the rest of it was just ICP. Right. So, like, there was a lot of that in the episode. And it was cool that the ICP came on the set mm-hmm. and would just... They played uh, all the prisoners. And just sing what exactly what was going on throughout the mm-hmm. episode. That well, was cool. One of them would do that, like, look at him. He misses his brother, and he wants a comic book. He needs a car. And the other guy just keeps going, how do mirrors work? <laughs> yeah. Uh, once they got bored with what was going on in the episode, uh, the other one would, like, throw magnets onto uh-huh. the set. And then, like, oh, look, there's magnets in this scene. And what I like is one definitely knows how magnets work, and the other one is his Lenny and just freaks out when he sees a magnet. So when the one would get bored, he would throw a magnet, and then the other one would just sprint through cameras, just clotheslining all of them to get to the magnets. Is that a joke? Is that like making fun of ICP, or do they really have a song about how wonderful magnets are? Oh, that is a real-ass line. Magnets, how do they work? I don't know if it's a joke they're playing on their Juggalos. Or if they honestly want to know how magnets work and refuse to look it up, it's baffling. There's no way the ICP has the internet. There's right? no, like, they've never seen it. They're borderline Amish. That's why they're still just drinking Fago. If they're baffled by magnets, what would the internet do to their brains? Oh man, how does that work? Is it tubes? Is it an island? Is it all the other dumb shit people used to say it is? So we start off strong, we mellow out. And impactful. It's time to bring it back up, Ryan. But just so you know, uh, and I know it's your job to ask me questions, get my opinion, but um, I guess I just have to force it in there because you're a bad host. I am back on board. That song, I am here, I'm ready, and I cannot wait for the next one to disappoint me and take me right back off board. You might be disappointed because I'm a big believer. I don't know if everybody thinks this way, that every mixtape, not every album, but every mixtape should have a novelty song. (laughs) Okay. I'm into that shit. One of the earliest albums I heard was They Might Be Giants. In the middle of just like good indie weird nerd hits, there's Particle Man. And I went, yeah. Every once in a while, I remind people Weird Al exists on a normal album. Let's do that shit. And this is a different kind of novelty hit, but important to the show, to where we're from, and to everybody all the same. We got more bouncing California than all y'all. Now, I mean, first of all, props to knowing that you're going to be on a mixtape podcast someday and not having a long intro, but going right into the mm-hmm. heart of the matter. We got more bounce in California. And two, novelty or perfection, dude. When you said novelty, I was thinking like Dr. Demento at some uh-huh. point recorded like uh, the Dosi 
and it was about a bunch of young deer, That's female a, deer. I think parody and novelty are cousins, but different. Okay, fine. This uh, is a goofy-ass song. This is a chumbawamba. This is a mamboed number five. What I don't know, though, and maybe you do, and if you don't, pretend that you do. Have some confidence, dude. Is, is that, were they doing a parody? Or when Schwartz and Meyer and all the makers, all the soundtrack people look back at this episode, we're like, do they cringe? Like, what are we doing? No, because I do believe this song plays at the Long Beach party. Uh-huh. I think they were trying to set a tone and be like... I don't think so. I really? think this is a classic Ryan, Seth, and Marissa running down the pier moment. No. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm almost fully sure. Spoon is Ryan, Seth, and Marissa running down the corner. That's the vibe. They do it three times an episode. I, I know, There's a lot, a lot of music. They, they're... Work that cardio, kids. I think what we have maybe before or after this song, if I'm wrong, and I'm not, uh, is that it's surrounded by, at the beginning or the end, Sandy being uncomfortable uh-huh. in Southern California, and that sort of builds into it, Like, because if Southern California has this kind of music, of right. course I will be uncomfortable. A little bit of Sandy wisdom for you tonight on this episode, but I think that this is this song is mostly played unironically just straight like this is the cool song playing at the cool party Mm -hmm. that's a bummer because i thought it was trying to be like look how dumb long beach is these are what douches are into and that's not what what the long beach that they tried to portray is not listening to this no but i also don't know if they knew what they could play it's not ironic if that the party that it's played at is a trampoline party Uh then of course that would have more bounce than all y'all combined i do think bands try to make this song it's how do we be fun and catchy, and I put this on here because novelty is fun. And remember, even though the OC is very dramatic, the reason the drama hits hard is because it's supposed to be a paradise and fun. This is a fun song. It is not. It's, it's hard to hate. The Offspring would go on to make the worst version of this song 10 years later. And... Scam Likely. <laughs> Scam Likely is calling you, Mike. I think you should answer. One second. Oh, my pin number? Three, two, one, five. By scam. The Offspring would make this song 10 years later with the bumping in the trunk, and bumping the trunk is no bounce in California, Ryan. No, that's true. And like at this point, we trust the OC, and we give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. At that point, uh, there's no way that we're giving the Offspring an iota of Ever. the benefit of the doubt. No benefit of the doubt. Ever. Never. It's like you give me the benefit of the doubt that I will uh, keep my phone in control for this episode. So little benefit of the doubt. Let's jump right in. I like the, uh, it feels more late 90s than 2000s, but it hangs over a little. It's not rap, but it's not talking. It's something a little different, and we're just going to keep doing that. Okay, I do remember it for sure. I'm trying to think. My first thought was, is this Ryan's about to go commit a crime song? Mm-mm. The brown, brown, brown. So definitely not. Um. Okay. What is this? I don't remember. It is Ryan, and it's the same. This is Ryan singing? Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. Return of Bruno. 
And this, I think, is the episode after Ryan's crime song. Wait, was that a Bruce Willis <laughs> harmonica reference? It was. Uh, your two favorite people, Ryan Atwood and Bruce Willis. That's true. But uh, also, we have Rooney, so everything's getting confusing. <laughs> it's all in a blender. If Bruce Willis and Ryan Atwood covered Rooney songs, I would buy the album. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Uh, it's when he is in isolation. Mm-hmm. He put himself in ISO in the pool house. Okay, so DC Comics sit-ups, uh-huh. brood. DC yeah. Comics sit-ups, brood. Three times throughout. We hear this song three times in an episode. Uh, I think it's very fun, and I do find it iconic because it's one of his broods. I agree. I think that that song is awesome and memorable, and the type of ballad that I'm looking... Not. I just use ballad for anything that isn't like dancey. Yeah, I don't that's know not I, a ballad. Right. But... It's not dancing. It's more of a ballet. Ballet. It's a certain type of dancing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Oh, this is Main Street Electrical Parade. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're back to long intros, unfortunately. You remember this? Sounds so familiar. It should, because this is another one that is on the first mix. Uh, Again, I think it got buried because there's five songs that sound exactly like this, but on its own, I think it stands out. And I really fought to put this song that sounds exactly like this that happens over Ryan Mamers' first kiss, but I think as a song, that one's junk. Mm -hmm. This is Ryan sprinting up to kiss her in Oliver's penthouse. New Year's. This is New Year's. This is New Year's. So this song plays behind that run and Anna walking up to talk to Seth. I think it's emotional. When it's not around five other songs that sound the same, I think it's all right. Okay. I, I do like this this shit talk that you're doing on Mix One. I do appreciate. Like, you do have to make sure that all of your artists, all of your songs feel like they are given the spotlight they deserve. Right. And I, I don't think that you're doing it, but I do think you're saying it. And so that's worth something. That is worth something. But yeah, uh, now that you say it, yeah, I remember this. Thank you. Do you think that, when do you think that the next time you will slow-mo run towards someone with a song playing in the back? Because we all have Bose speakers now. Sure. We all have backpack speakers. We can make it happen. Yeah. Will you run to someone mm-hmm. at some point in your life with this song playing over? Three weeks. Three weeks. Okay. Given a three-week countdown. Is that, do you have something planned in three weeks or are you just saying, well, of course I'm going to do it within three weeks? Putting it on the calendar. Don't know who I'm running to or why yet, but it's going to happen. I believe you. I don't know why and I shouldn't, but I do. Let's take a break, sit down with producer Dave and figure that out, and then we'll come back. So we're still mellow, Ryan. We're keeping it mellow. I could not believe that they did not put this next song on their first mix. Can I ask you, before you hit play, can I ask you one question? Sure. Do you look at mixtapes as even doubt throughout the entire thing? Or do you look at it more of an A-side, B-side, front-loaded? Even throughout the back. whole thing. Yeah, you want like... If you're making a mixtape, why put butt on it at all? I don't know, but it always happens. And like, my hands were cuffed by my own damn rules of mm. like, if they're a big moment, use it. Because I might not put some of the songs I put on here. If, I, if it was only used whatever the OC uses, there's some of my favorite songs by bands that were snuck into the OC that I went, but it's on the background in somebody's radio. I can't 
count that. But you're in the shitty position of making a good, well-ordered mixtape right. that is also the iconic moments of the first season. Uh-huh. And are, are you also using songs from like the last six episodes that we have not yet? Yeah, that's going to get weirder. Okay. But yeah, I, I saw what was coming up and went, well, yeah, going to use that for sure. Uh, and this might be one of no, this we've seen already. have to go under because in the chorus it gets big we should hear the chorus do you know this at all honestly if i'm gonna guess it was just it would just be thinking of big moments from the first season mm-hmm. but i can't attach the song to anything this is uh damien rice cannonball and he was huge right now i think the blower's daughter was even bigger it's dumb they didn't use that i don't know what that means but that's the name of a song volcano here's the chorus I didn't know that you could make montages sad. I thought they were always pumped up and training for something big. And the OC has taught me you can have everybody be in a fight and everybody looking sad. Uh, This is Seth and Anna haven't broken up yet, but it's heading that way. And Ryan and Marissa are weird and they all are just staring at lockers and looking sad around the school. But it is a long ass slow montage of isn't everybody in a desolate situation. So is this post- Oliver Hotel or pre? Pre. Pre. Pre-Oliver Hotel. So even though Oliver will be the thing that changes everything, shit was going to get changed. Yeah. He is sort of the cannonball floating in to blow it all up. He is. Uh, But I think Damien Rice is a huge artist for that era. I didn't understand. I like him. I like other bands better. But it is weird to me that in 2004, dudes listened to Death Cab and girls listened to Damien Rice. And (laughs) me back then was like, you guys... Do you guys see why this is dumb? No? Okay, let's just say that's what's going to happen. Well, music appreciation is a spectrum, Mike, and I think that you covered it all. I covered it all from one sad singer-songwriter to the other. (laughs) Did it all, baby. If I mean, if if, a musician plugged in, Mm -hmm. then you were out. Well, no, like if they if they like scream or they're loud at all, then you're out. But I'm out. If there's a stool and an acoustic guitar, doesn't matter who it's for. You're in. I guess I'm out on this. Except I'm not. This is the biggest thumb on the scale. It's a goddamn bell, Ryan. In the shadows with the heads hang low. You hear voices as the wind blows. Asking, can't you see? Reminding you to breathe. It's only time before it catches up. So in 2004, this is Alice Cooper. This is Mastodon. Uh-huh. Like, this might as well, like, this is the craziest rock that we had at the time. Well, if you ignore Slipknot and their nine-man harmony. Which we all would like to. But, yeah, this is Alkaline Trios. We've had enough. So, like to say, I'm Seth in a lot of ways. I actually didn't musically become Seth till a little after high school. 
this is fully high school for me. This is on the Warp Tour mixes. Uh, and these were like the gothy pop punk bands, so they did the eyeliner and stuff. They sang about death a lot. Uh, this is Haley's Party. Uh, they that makes sense. This and the Dropkick Murphys. But the Dropkick Murphys, like what Schwartz and the other creators when they made the OC Mix Volume 1, you want to highlight bands? Dropkick Murphys were in the goddamn Departed. People know who they are. They're the Boston Red Sox theme song band. They are that, yeah. They don't need help. Tessie. Alkaline Trio does not get enough love for being in the same era as like Newfound Glory and Good Charlotte, and I think they are a more fun band. I think that's definitely true. I didn't know... I, did, I had never heard them till years later, or at least... Obviously, I had heard them. Uh-huh. I had watched the OC, but I didn't know I was hearing them right. until years later. And I would put them on that Mazzy Star list. Uh, if somebody asked me, "Hey, have you heard Mazzy uh-huh. Star or Alkaline Trio?" I wouldn't know. What, like, I've heard of them, okay. and if you sang a bunch of songs, I could probably pick that out. But it wasn't like they were at that point one of those cool kid bands. Uh huh. And I I loved them back then. They they had two singers like Blink One Eighty Two. But this this main guy, I always thought of him as main guy, had such a weird, different voice than Johnny other Alkaline. bands. Johnny Alkaline has this like it's not gravelly, but it's not smooth. He has this I don't know. They're fucking awesome. Wait, didn't one of the Alkaline Trio replace one of the Blink One Eighty Two? Yeah, it's crazy. And then that's all their names now. They've legally changed them. <laughs> the Alkaline Trio is the Blink One Eighty Twos. So that one was just for me. But fuck you. I, what number is that? That is number. There's 12. That is number 10. 10 out of 12. 10 out of 12. I think that not knowing what 11 and 12 mm-hmm. are, I think that does work. Like, I feel like we're ramping up for you to send us home. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, too much pressure? Too much pressure. And the OC honestly doesn't have a lot of ramp. I was so annoyed by how the OC in 2004 to me is punk as uh-huh. shit. And there's not a lot of punk options. Uh, that There's a band from Anaheim I didn't put on here called like The Weasels uh, that... Julie and Haley throw each other into a pool at some point soon in a couple episodes. And I listen, it's a fun song, but it doesn't count for what's going on here. And there's no good recordings. It's just them like live playing it. Uh, but here, we haven't heard this yet. I know what it is. What is it? We haven't heard this yet? Not yet. Okay, and I, I'm i trying to remember from like the last time I watched, uh-huh. uh, and I'm trying to remember iconic moments. Oh, yeah, it is that. Is, are we, is it the reverse of the first uh, episode? Is Ryan driving away from mm-hmm. Marissa? This is Ryan tells everybody he has to leave. He drives away from Marissa. Seth gets mad at the world and hops on a boat and sails away. <laughs> on the sea and the salty breeze. This is the sea and the rhythm by Iron and Wine. Ryan goes to raise his kid and fulfill his responsibility. Seth does a boat pout. <laughs> I'm going on my boat because I'm a rich kid. I'm sailing to Tahiti, maybe. Man, oh, man. It's a magical place. And iron and wine. Iron and wine. And where are they in the whole uh, like scheme of things? How popular are they? I remember hearing their name a lot, and they had an M&M's commercial. The M&M's commercial where they covered the Postal Service's such great heights. They covered the Postal Service, who was also popular at that exact same time. Yes. So that was weird. Uh, iron and wine. He was older. He had a big old beard. He was like a professor before he started, or he was doing this at the time, and then he was still teaching and eventually went, I'm going to do the music. Uh, I think the music, not to be insulting, or to be insulting, but I also like Death Cab, is smarter. I think it's easier for teens to get into Death Cab or Damien Rice, and the stuff that he is doing orally and orally is a little more advanced. A little more advanced. 
Uh, but their big song, probably what the bit, the thing that like really put on the map was Such Great Heights acoustic cover. And then people were like, oh shit, this band. But The Creek, The Creek and the Cradle, I think was their first bigger album. And this was like an EP that came out after that. Uh, but this is a Mike band for sure. I fucking love this band so and much. And when you say they, it's a he? It's a, yeah, Sam Beam. And is 2004 emo Seth music, is that the heights? Is that the such great heights of is a band but just a dude or just one person? Probably. In the history of rock, like, was this when it peaked? It was certain, yeah, because it's people, there's like connotations to. I think it's when they all hit big. All of them started in the 90s, but they all started getting big here because the Mountain Goats right. was bumping around all through the 90s, but in early 2000s when people started to know who they were. The first time I'd, I'd ever heard that was a thing was Trent Reznor, uh-huh. which is not to say that's the first time it happened. Right. That's the first time I heard about it. And then it felt like five years, 10 years later, it was every other band was actually just one person. And some bands who I thought were real bands, like Panic at the Disco... Turns out they are just one person when he continuously fires everybody in the band. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, you're just, uh, hello, goodbye, local shout out. It makes sense when you look at how the bands worked when I was a kid and how the Smashing Pumpkins should have been just one dude. Right. Because otherwise you're just an asshole pissing every single band member off. Mm-hmm. Just be yourself and hire people. And now I'm starting to think that maybe podcast should just be one person and I'll do different voices. Ooh, try it. Talk yeah. about this next. This is, uh, there's a lot of iconic moments in the OC. I think this is a quintessential OC moment. and This is the grand finale? A gorgeous, lush song that it's bananas they didn't use it, and it has to be because of money, because it's romantic, it's moody, it's sexy, it does everything the OC wants to do. Oh, I know what it is. No, I don't know what it is. I put this on for my Grammy once. And she was like, his voice is so sexy. And I turned it off so quickly. She just rubbed one out. Because as a 15-year-old, I did not know how to handle my Grammy saying something was sexy. Now, did you know this song outside of the OC? Mm-hmm. We've all heard this song a billion times, right? I think the OC introduced it to me. It wasn't until a few years later that I was like, oh, shit. And then a few, a few years after that, it's actually a cover of this artist that we were supposed to know a lot yeah. about. But I just didn't. And I'm sorry. And that everybody has done a version of this song. Right. But his has become... I don't know if Leonard Cohen is the kind of guy who would ever say nice things about other people. Uh, he seems like a dick. But I think to most people, this is the version. Just like Johnny Cash's Hurt is not Nine Inch Nails' Hurt no more. Right. And then it became Kermit's Hurt. Um, and I don't remember when this is played in the first season, but I do know it's roughly once per season. The Model Home. Oh, okay. Marissa makes him a mix because he says he doesn't like music. And her and, that's how her and Seth bond. And then he lights candles all over the place and puts on this. Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffled king composing hallelujah. God damn, is it sexy. I mean, he was dead by, by now, dead right? right now. And I don't know how much that played into his becoming mm-hmm. iconic. And also, when you hear a song like that, it, it hits all of the strings, literally and figuratively, that you you almost don't know, is it great or is it manipulative? Mm-hmm. But I think you just have to land on great, right? I think so. You can't deny the stuff it does to your gut. And I'm such a sucker, even though I know very little about music, but somebody singing about music and what it does to you emotionally while it's doing that to you emotionally? I know, yeah. Fuck you, he's dude. T- the fourth, the fifth, he's talking about music and singing music. The major music. chord and the minor riff? Um... 
Okay, so what I thought it was going to be, and can we like talk about the whole thing in general now? Sure. I thought it was good. I love the flow a lot more. I loved your ability yes, to disregard yes. budget. Um, but uh, Summer takes her shirt off, and that has a theme song. Oh, it's like some sort of maybe a minute of silence. You think Holly, Jeff Buckley stops singing, <laughs> right? And then you're like, what, why isn't Summer's theme song on here? And then that comes in. Oh, my God. We both just took our shirts off. <laughs> How could you not? You thought I wasn't going to put that on there. I, I got nervous, dude. This song gives me an erection to this day. That's the only part of the song you need to hear. Yeah. The rest of the song is whatever. But hello, sunshine. But And we have a lot of repeated songs for in, throughout all four seasons for a lot of the reasons that we talked about. Either they love them or they bought them. So why not use them? But the fact that this became a theme, like Leia uh-huh. had a theme, but, dun, just, dun, 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 dun. but just of Summer's boobs, <laughs> that's spectacular. And of course, yeah, Secret Track. Why not put it on there? <laughs> More people should do Secret Tracks. Why not put it on there? Just because I didn't know that mixtapes had Secret Tracks anymore. But Mike, you always confound me. I'm making mixtape like I was going to burn this on a CD and write a little cute message with hearts on eyes for you, Ryan. This is 2004, baby. People just stopped using eight tracks. No, cassette tapes. You know what I'm talking about. The eight track of the future, of the past. So d- does my rebuttal, does the court abide? I already said that yes, but I understand that you have to start the outro now, so I will say yes. Thank you. I was just getting excited uh, to play Hello Sunshine, so I wasn't listening to the shit you are saying. How many times do you get a chance for me to compliment you? So you know, few. like take, Gotta milk it for all it's worth. Do it again. I will, yeah, I, will, I would be more prone... Because of your song choices and the the closeness to remembering mm-hmm. iconic scenes from the OC to listen yes, to this one yes, than the other one. Yes. Suck at the OC. Ryan. Yeah. Do you know what we're talking about next week? I think that we're talking about Oliver. I feel like we've been talking about Oliver for like six months. Oliver's gone, baby. He's dead. He's locked in everybody's basement. We didn't see him die. But he could have gone to jail. And if he went Basically, to jail, he's, he's fucking yeah, dead. He's going to try to pull a smarmy mind game shit. Yeah. And I go, this is jail. And then Trey shanks him. It stays in the family. I love that. Uh, nope. Oliver's gone. Teresa is still in town. Yeah. And Ryan is trying to learn how to be friends with ladies. And nobody is buying it. Ryan, Ryan's not friends with girls. Ryan's not friends with girls. He's not really friends with girls. We're talking about what that means. We're going to talk about what that means and why it happens. We're going to talk about what that means and why it happens next week. Stay gay. California.